This is the Darcy Giroux Podcast, episode 13. Today, my guest is Derek Fildebrand, president, publisher, and CEO of the Western Standard. And we'll be talking about Canada's failing legacy media. Derek Fildebrandt, welcome to the Darcy Giroux podcast. How are things? It, this is uh, the height of my ambitions. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. <laughs> now, it does mean a lot to me you coming on. And, uh, but uh, just so the listeners know, we are recording this uh, at the office and studio of the Western Standard. Uh, this is my first in person interview. Uh, so thanks for inviting me down to see the new space and congratulations. It, it looks excellent. Thank you. Yeah, we're, uh, we're really proud of what we've built here and, uh, yeah, we needed more space cause the team just keeps on growing so fast. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So, uh, maybe tell the listeners a bit about yourself and the organization. I don't really like talking about myself too much, but, uh, you know, I spent, I guess like the more recent parts of my career, I worked at the Canadian Taxpayers Federation for a long time. Uh, I finished my job as the Alberta director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation and ran under uh, the Wild Rose banner in the 2015 election, was the finance critic for the Wild Rose party. Um, was a big advocate of the merger with the PCs to create the UCP. Uh, didn't work so well, I think. Uh, uh, my time, I, I'm not really shaped up to be a politician, I don't think. Um, hadn't really found my true calling. And so once uh, politics uh, was done for me, um, I kind of cast it about, spent a lot of time thinking about what do I really want to do? Because I, you know, had to, had to be something and I wanted to get into business, but I'm not a widget maker. I don't, you know, I needed to do something I was really passionate about. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of hit on this and it was, it was a light bulb. It was just very clear exactly what I needed to do. So over the summer of 2019, I started putting together the business plan, planning out what we're going to do. And we, um, we brought, uh, I, I acquired rights to the old Western Standard, which is a print magazine that was in circulation from 2004 to 2007. It itself had been the successor to the Alberta Report, which uh, at least older listeners will know about. It was a legendary publication in Alberta. And so we returned the Western Standard to publication as an online and digital publication in October 2019. We did it with virtually no money. Um, and we just built it up painstakingly. painstakingly and um, <clears throat> the last year and a half in particular, uh, we've managed to successfully monetize it. And that's allowed us to hire a very large number of staff. Now we've got, I think, about 15 staff between our headquarters and different bureaus in Vancouver, Edmonton, Regina, and Parliament Hill. Uh, and so we've you know, been able to really find a unique spot for ourselves. Uh, the spot I, I envisioned for us was anchored somewhere between a lot of the independent online digital media and the mainstream media. I wanted something that had the irreverence and boldness of the independent media, but that had some of the professionalism and credibility that we associate, rightly or wrongly, with the mainstream media. Um, you know, as, as bad as the mainstream media can be at times, and I'm sure we're going to get into that, um, it, it's, it still has a certain level of you know, a professional caliber to it that I, I thought a lot of the independent media didn't, wasn't quite hitting. And so we wanted to 
the way I put it is we're trying to build the new mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for that's sure. where we're at. So I think, uh, well, first of all, we'll, we'll get into that. Um, but uh, yeah, I've, I, you know, I was a very early supporter of yours. I was uh, very happy to see that the Western Standard was back in action. And I'm, I'm really happy to see you guys are doing as well as you are. Um, I think it is important to make the distinction here before we move on between what we might call mainstream media and independent media uh, and or what we might call legacy media. Uh, Because given your huge reach and the level of support, voluntary support from your listeners, um, I think you would be considered a mainstream media outlet. Or am mm-hmm. I am I incorrect in saying that? It's such a I've used it as a pejorative term for so long that it pains me to say. But it, in some respects, you're correct. I, I put a lot of thought. I, you know, I've, I've written uh, a chapter on a book in media. Um, it's not published yet, but uh, I've done a lot of writing about this stuff. So I've, I've I've spent a lot of time trying to define what these terms are. Um, so without trying to get too far into the weeds, maybe maybe we'll kind of set that up because that's kind of the. F- in that chapter, uh, that chapter I wrote, this was the very first thing I addressed. So if you're going to have a discussion about the media, you have to have a shared understanding of what these terms mean because they're all thrown around very loosely. They mean different things to different people. So at least I'll, I'll talk about what I think they mean. Yeah, yeah, um, perfect. So, you know, mainstream media, I'd, you know, try not to define it pejoratively, just in terms, as objectively as possible, is media within the mainstream of public opinion. You know, it's not uh, overly niche. It's not, um, you know, seen as overly extreme in one side or another. Um, and so in that respect, you might call us mainstream. We're like our, our news side. Uh, we have a news division and an opinion division. And a lot of independent media uh, don't have a very clear distinction between those two. Sometimes there's no distinction at all. Uh, we have a very clear distinction between our opinion side and our news side. Our news side, I often hire uh, disproportionately people from the mainstream media who, oh, geez, see, I'm, I'm kind of throwing around the term. I should say from the often from the legacy media, yeah, um, or more mainstream, I should say. Um, you know, people with very professional journalism backgrounds. We also train new people as well, but um, I, I, so we have got a healthy combination of new young talent and um, mainstream media talent. Some of our mainstream media talent that we uh, that we take is also still very young, but they're finding that the industry is not really what they aspired it to be. Um, legacy media, as the term implies, is older media. And where we draw the line, I draw the line as not born digitally. So was it, oh, if it was yeah. born originally as a print newspaper or print magazine, or was it born on a regulated television or radio station, you know, sort of governed by the CRTC? Mm-hmm. Um, non-legacy, I'd say, was born digitally. Were you born online? Uh, now that's, an imp- again, these are imperfect definitions, but gen- I, I think that's, uh, that's, that's good shorthand. And so yeah. most legacy media is uh, mainstream, and most mainstream is legacy, but there there are definite definite exceptions to that. Right. Yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, so I want to get your opinion on the legacy media or, or mainstream media welfare program 
that all the mainstream media outlets are, are using to fund their programs and their organizations. Uh, can you give us kind of a high level nuts and bolts description of what that program is and how it works? Yeah, so your listeners will already know that the government already owns the biggest media outlet in Canada. That's the CBC and its French cousin, CBC Radio Canada. Um, I can never say it the way they say it. Uh, yeah, my, my French, that's about as far as my French goes. Um, and, uh, and the CBC, I should just as a sidebar, the CBC is not just a broadcaster. Since the advent of online media, the CBC is also the biggest newspaper in Canada. It competes directly, not just with the television guys and the radio guys, it's competing with newspapers because that's where people do most of their reading. And the CBC, so the CBC is now the biggest competitor with the private sector media out there. Mm -hmm. um, one of the long-standing complaints of the CBC was that because it receives a subsidy, it is today about $1.3 billion annually, um, it's able to underwrite its, its program, its costs, and it does advertising on top of that. So it can sell advertising at a discount, undercutting private sector competitors, you know, that used to be CBC, uh, sorry, excuse me, uh, CTV, Global, that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. um, now they're at, now they undercut the print as well, because, you know, they're an online newspaper more than anything at this point. Yeah. Um, and so that was at least a contributing factor to one of the reasons that the mainstream media was losing massive advertising revenue. And so because the government created this problem with losing advertising revenue, well, the government had to fix this. So they said, well, the media is going bankrupt. Uh, and the media was going bankrupt. CBC is one of the reasons for that. Another is just they've lost a lot of trust. They've lost a lot of uh, faith from people, people's willingness to trust them and buy, and buy subscriptions. Um, you know, Google and Facebook, mainstream media, uh, legacy media, I should say, point to them as the boogeyman that, well, they're getting all the ad dollars now. Well, yeah, that's because newspapers used to get all the ad dollars. When's the last time you read the classified section of uh, Calgary Herald? Oh, yeah, 20 years ago, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the last time you even read a, a physical paper copy of the Calgary Herald? Yeah. You don't do it. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of reasons that kind of combined. And the media, the, the, the media industry in Canada was in absolute collapse. The, these news, uh, the newsrooms are emptied out. It's just a couple of people now. Uh, they're a shadow of their former glory. And so Newspapers Canada, which is the lobby group of Post Media, Globe Media, Torstar, uh, most of the big boys, they went to the government cap in hand and said, hey, you got to save us. And the government's reasoning was, well, if we're going to have a free press in Canada, it's got to have money. And so the government's going to give it that money, which we'll get into the philosophical and ethical problems with this. But to save a free press in Canada, we had to make it a non-free press. Yeah. We had to make it a state-sponsored press. Um, but they were right. These guys would go under without government support. Sure. The difference yeah. is, I think that is a great thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But both for a free society and as a businessman, because that's market share for me. I want to buy up the Cal I want to buy the Calgary Herald. I don't want most of the stuff there, but I want its name. It's an yeah. old name. Yeah, for uh, sure. Now, well, so, so, so what they did is they, so the, the program itself is uh, the most well-known part, there's a bunch of different parts to it. The most common part, well-known part is the $600 million program. And that is available to organizations that received, this is an actual designation of the government, Canadian Qualified Journalism Organization status. 
the, the government of Canada has a media licensing program now. You, you get approved by the federal government. Uh, and this is run through the Canada Revenue Agency. And they did, they run it through the Canada Revenue Agency because you're not allowed to disclose anything about your clients. Clients of the CRA. I hate being, I'm a, I'm a mandatory client of the CRA. <laughs> right. But because it's not through the CRA, no one's allowed to know who these guys are. So you get Canadian Qualified Journalism Organization status. And then once you have that, you can apply for a round of subsidies. The biggest of those is the labor tax credit where they'll, um, in short, they'll essentially pay 33% of the cost of all your employees. Mm. And uh, boy, I tell you, you know, before you came in, I was running, we're at month, I'm doing month end right now. We're about to do month end because it's the 31st yeah. recording. Um, oh my God, I would sure like to just take, <laughs> take my bottom line and multiply by 33%. Yeah. I, Oh, Times would be good. That's the biggest one. But then there's also the local journalism in, uh, initiative where they just, uh, the federal government will sponsor you to have climate change reporters or different uh, racial justice reporters. I put all these things in quotation marks. Yeah, but different, different things that uh, the government of Canada is actively promoting right now. Uh, otherwise, correct? Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a bunch of different programs all within it. There's lots of subsidies to go around. One of my favorite is um, the publisher of the Winnipeg Free Press. He sits on the uh, the media panel that gets to determine who gets uh, a lot of these these uh, bailouts. And he awarded his own paper, I think, uh, one or two spots. He's just like, <laughs> you know, you know who deserves some government money? <laughs> yeah. This guy. That's right. Uh, that's two thumbs pointing at myself. Yeah. Um, well, you've made a point of not taking any government funding, and I'd go as far as to say that it's a big part of your brand. Uh, but you did do something which I've heard people refer to as the most Derek Fildebrandt thing that Derek Fildebrandt has ever done, <laughs> <laughs> which was to apply to be approved for consideration of that funding just to turn around and say, uh, screw you, I don't want your welfare money. Are we allowed to swear on this podcast? Uh, well, not, oh, you know, I think screw you isn't as bad as other things. But Okay, <laughs> but, okay. Uh, I'm just trying to but, figure out how salty I can be in my description <laughs> of media bailout. Okay, but can, well, can you tell us that story, though? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It, it was inevitable I would do this, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from the very beginning, it was in the business plan, I said, I don't want, we're not, not taking the government money. Now, uh, a lot of independent media, uh, well, some independent media, more and kind of on the right side, uh, that's really the only media in Canada that doesn't take the bailout. But most of them are not actually eligible for it because they don't structure their organizations, their corporations, or their not-for-profit societies, however they're at. They're not structured in a way that makes them eligible. Um, like, for example, the uh, like when they wrote the rules, the federal government tied itself into pretzels to make sure the rebel couldn't get this. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't think the rebel actually would have taken it because it would have been grossly hypocritical. But they wanted, I guess they weren't thinking that way. They're like, well, the rebel will want this money. So they, so they, they, they wrote it in ways to like more or less say, okay, the rebel can't have money. So it, it, it yeah. was all this stuff. But yeah. I thought like, you know, we, we organize ourselves more like structurally uh, we organized ourselves similarly to how the mainstream media would have been organized 30, 40 years ago. In many ways, we're actually kind of a successor to the Calgary Sun and this kind of the Sun way of doing news. Mm -hmm. um, in many respects, like ton of my my news editor was an editor at the Calgary Herald for 20 years. Yeah. Um, 
I've got a ton of guys from the old Sun chain, uh, particularly the Calgary Sun, but also the Winnipeg Sun, Edmonton Sun, mm -hmm. a few things like that. Um, so I said, you know, uh, not, not uh, but we had a couple of lefties, you know, when we'd, we'd crow about, we don't take the government subsidies, they'd say, yeah, well, you guys aren't good enough to get them anyway. Only good, <laughs> incredible media organizations can, can get the subsidies. And so I was like, oh, that's a good point. I haven't, I'm not, I'm pretty sure I could get them, but like, I want to, I got to rub this in there. I got to rub their noses in this. So, uh, called up the Canada Revenue Agency. I'm like, hey. I want some of that money. Um, <laughs> how do I get in? And so I, uh, I, 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 we start this this process. Um, you know, the application is just a bunch of stuff, and I mean, some of it is innocuous. It's um, you know, your structure. Do you have uh, you know the only the employees who are eligible for uh, like the labor credit? They can't be owners. Yeah. The, so there's a few things. I'm like, okay, well that's. That's fine, but then some of it's like, give us examples of your work, and because they're going to analyze how, if they think you're real journalists. Mm -hmm. And so we provide all of this stuff, and a bunch of the examples I provided were like journalism we did busting the media bailout. So like by application, <laughs> like they're like, give us examples of this stuff, and I'd be like, we just providing articles about how this is just a bunch of crapheads, crap yeah, yeah. like just... Uh, just blasting the media bailout program as examples we submit. Yeah. And so like, they, they, you know, so the, whoever these guys, there's a media, there's a government media panel that reviews this stuff. They're probably just like cringing reading this stuff. <laughs> well, I'm out creating jobs here. Yeah. And um, anyway, we, uh, they, 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 uh, a lady from the Canada Revenue Agency, she was very nice. She calls, she calls me. And she says, okay, uh, well, everything's in order, and uh, we're expecting uh, final approval. Um, you're good. Like, you're approved per, uh, in principle. Just we're waiting on the official. Can, can I uh, – so now, now that you're, like, approved, you have Canadian Qualified Journalism Organization status. Um, can I help you with uh, – just good customer service, actually, yeah. from the CRA. At least if you're getting a media bailout, you get good customer service. <laughs> she says, right. can, I, uh, can I just uh, help you uh, fill out the application forms for the labor subsidy and local journalism more initiative and all these different subsidies? Uh, can, I, can I help you fill these out? And I said, no, nah, that's okay. <laughs> and it was just kind of a quiet on the other end of the phone for a moment. She says, what do you mean? I says, that's okay, I, I don't want it. She says, uh, well, wh why'd, you, why'd you go through this whole big process? I said, I just wanted to see what you guys would do. <laughs> yeah, well, they might. There might have been a whole lot of people after reading some of your material that were hoping you would take money, and then there would be a big blowout about what a hypocrite you are, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe they're hoping, like, hey, this will torpedo the Western Standard because it'll make hypocrites of them. I, I, you know, there is an argument to be made that we should take it. We have some people who tell us we should take it because, and we'll get into this bit, but like, we're funding. Our competitors, our competitors yes. are big, often international corporations. Post media, the biggest so-called private sector one in, all, in Canada. I would say yeah. the private sector anymore, but technically yeah. privately owned. Yeah, uh, they're owned by the Chatham Wealth Management Group out of New Jersey, which is you know it's essentially a New York office. Yeah, it's a big it's a big investment fund. Um, we're funding multi-billion-dollar investment funds with our taxes, and then they take that and. So there's an that, argument to be made sure, that, yeah. like, just for fairness, that we should take it. But well, so I have this. I wanted I wanted to ask you this exact question. 
Um, you know, there's so many things wrong with this sort of program. And first, from a strictly economic point of view, uh, these media companies are losing money and their business models are out of date and nobody wants to buy their crappy product. Mm-hmm. Yet it's always those types of businesses that the state invests in. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if you can expand on what you're just saying and give us your thoughts on the financial redistribution of the program. Mm-hmm. And after that, maybe we'll dig into some of the moral pitfalls of it. Yeah. So what we've got right now is the government is subsidizing the light bulb 30 years after the invent. That's right, they're, they're subsidizing <laughs> the candle 30 years after the advent of the light bulb here. Right. Uh, the internet changed, well, everything everywhere pretty much, but few things as so much as the news business and advertising and that kind of thing. And these guys are largely digital now. They're catching up, but like they still operate as just a, they're still a physical newspaper online. Like they save a bunch of their stuff to publish in the morning like you got your newspaper. Mm-hmm. Well, that's crazy. When we've got a story, as soon as it's it's written, it's edited, it's been fact-checked, and it's ready to go, we just publish the thing. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like midnight or something. Uh, but you know, we've published at midnight if it's a really big scoop, and we're like, you know what? We want to beat our competitors to the punch. And we beat our competitors to the punch all the time. You know, you know, yeah. you want to know about Alberta politics, you have to read the Western Standard because we get the scoops. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we publish at all hours. We've got evening reporters. We've got weekend reporters. We never stop. And we publish when it's ready all the time. Yeah. Um, but these guys are, it, it, it's, I'm actually not sure why their businesses are so bad. Because I'm fairly new to this business. I've operated adjacent to media my entire career, mostly on the other side and trying to figure out how do you earn media and communicate a message. Mm-hmm. So I knew how to get media but I've never operated on this side mm-hmm. of, of the microphone. Uh, so I, don't, I really don't know. I don't think I'm actually some great, brilliant media tycoon. I, I think I'm actually probably just decent at what I do. I, just, I think our competitors are terrible. Well, I, I think you saw a hole in the market that needed to be filled. I mean, because, uh, like I say, and I don't know why their business models are are failing either except that they were tied into this thing where advertising revenue would pour in uh, no matter what forever and yeah the internet really did did change all that well the a lot of people don't understand the way it actually used to work when you got a physical newspaper people thought you were paying for a newspaper no you were not you were paying for printing and distribution that was about it the money came from advertising the pay, you were paying to have advertisements put in front of you. And if you wanted to advertise, you had television and newspapers. You wanted to sell your, you know, your beaten down old car. Well, you took out a classified. Well, Kijiji destroyed that overnight. And now there's yeah. a bunch of different ways. You know, Kijiji has now been re- not replaced, but displaced largely. You know, Facebook Marketplace and other stuff. Mm-hmm. They're infinitely better. They're free. Um, searchable. Yeah. Like, so, like, classifieds was the first to go. Yeah, and then you had Google Ads and all of these things, and so they're all of a sudden they're left with really just subscriptions, and subscriptions weren't actually really paying the bills. Subscriptions pay the bills for us. Yeah, like that is the lion's share of our revenue is what well, we call it memberships. Um, that pays probably eighty percent of our revenue, and advertising 
Right. Advertising is essentially more or less our profit margin. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of the reverse of the old one. We put a huge emphasis on subscriptions. And a lot of these guys can't figure out, are they going to advertise or are they going to be subscription? Because if you have a paywall on, well, that limits how many people are going to your site. And that makes you less attractive to advertisers. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you don't have a paywall, but then you've got no subscriptions. And the advertisers are paying. Internet advertising is so cheap now. It's so cheap. Right, yeah. But bring us kind of back to where we were. We've got now your your subscribers are not only. Uh, I mean, they're they're subsidizing the uh, mainstream media yeah. twice, basically. Because <laughs> we're paying GST yeah. uh, now. If if I was accepting, um, uh, a part of the bailout now is you can write off uh, individual subscribers to newspapers and whatnot can can get a tax uh, write off on the cost of the news subscription. Now, the, comp the news company doesn't get that, media company doesn't get that, but it makes it more attractive. We don't offer that. Right. Because um, even though we wouldn't directly benefit, it kind of makes our product more competitive using the taxpayer as a backstop. So we don't do that either. Um, but yeah, but most, and most of the bailout, though, is direct money uh, directly <laughs> to them. So we're, so when you buy a Western Standard membership, uh, we don't charge GST on that, we eat that ourselves. But your GST is a part of it. Mm -hmm. we, but we don't stack it on top of the $10 a month or $99 right. a year. Yeah. We eat that. So your GST goes to the federal government. That goes to fund our competitors. Uh, if we make a profit in a year, well, we pay corporate taxes on that. That goes to the federal government and that funds our competitors. So we're, I mean, we're, we're growing. We're, no, we're not a mom and pop shop anymore. Um, I mean, all told, we're probably, we probably have more competitors. I don't know how many people work at the Calgary Herald, but based on what I know, I think we're probably bigger than, say, the Herald now. Oh, okay. Um, that's how small these shops have become. Mm -hmm. uh, we, but we're still relatively small in the grand scheme of things. And we're this independent startup, and our tax dollars that we pay in, in addition to employing people, our tax dollars go to fund Post Media, owned by the Chatham Wealth Management Group, which is, I think, just this massive, massive investment fund. Yeah. You got Globe Media owned by, the, uh, I think, the wealthiest family in Canada. Torstar, also owned by extremely wealthy people. Um, not to mention CBC, of course. Oh, yeah. We so we're funding Goliath. David is paying, you know, David's working a minimum wage job and David is funding Goliath. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. But, uh, one of, the, in addition, we'll get into the moral reasons, but uh, one of the reasons we don't accept the bailout is that one day I believe it's going to end. It, yes, I It's going to end. And if we are reliant on, on taxpayers' dollars, when that ends, we are going to go down like the rest of them. Yeah. I, yeah. When that ends, it's, they're going to collapse. They're going to go bankrupt. But you know what happens when a company goes bankrupt? They're, they're born again. Yeah, they're, they're, they get bought up. That's right. Yeah, and so when the Calgary Herald goes bankrupt, when the Edmonton Journal goes bankrupt, yeah. Um, well, I want to make sure we've got the credit rating necessary that I can take out a, take out some loans and buy up these brands for sure. I I want to buy up legacy brands. I bought the Western Standard for next next to nothing, but the Western Standard was defunct. It wasn't really it, worth it, anything. Absolutely. But I saw value in the old brand. Yeah. Just as we we relaunched the uh, the Alberta Report mm -hmm. just this month, uh, just about a month ago. Oh, I didn't even know that. That's exciting. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, it's the Alberta section of the Western Standard. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. do a little media consolidation of our own here. Yeah, yeah. But um, I see value in these brands that have been established and built on 
but that have failed economically. They yeah. failed as businesses. And when those guys go down, I, I, can, I can very much see a world where we go and we start snatching up those brands and, uh, and, and try, try to rebuild some trust in them. Yeah. And we do it with a viable business model that doesn't require fleecing the taxpayer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I Part of my interest in starting this podcast even was that it seems obvious to me that the doors are wide open to independent media at this point and the legacy media is we will collapse at some point. Well, kind of a sidebar, but it's a big sidebar here is um, the bailouts haven't been enough to, okay, one of the reasons the mainstream media has failed is the independents are eating their market share. Yeah. And the bailout's not been enough. And so what the federal government's now doing with things like the Online News Act hasn't been passed yet, but it's coming and it's probably going to make it so its way through relatively unamended. It is actively going to try to shadow ban independent media that don't have Canadian qualified journalism organization status. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're... Um, even if you don't want to take the bailout and you say, we're going to stand on our own two feet, the federal government is now directly intervening in Google and in Facebook primarily, mostly those two, but there's also others, um, to say, if this is not an organization that the government approves of, you have to push them down in the algorithms. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you can, you can publish all you like, but no one's going to see you. Yeah. Their, their goal is to make the independent media uh, a tree falling in the forest that no one heard. That yeah. tree fell. That's, but no one heard it. That's right. So that kind of gets us into uh, maybe the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was looking at this from a moral perspective. Uh, you know, one of the most glaring problems with the media bailout is a, an obvious kind of conflict of interest. Uh, at one point, the media was revered as a watchdog for government corruption, and now every legacy media outlet repeats the same uh, government talking points and and releases the same status quo press release. Um, So give us your thoughts on that. I mean, it should be glaringly obvious. Um, Any anyone in media who tells you that they don't care about their advertisers is lying. it's just impossible not to. I like our advertisers. We're actually fairly choosy about who we take as advertising clients because yeah. um, I don't want to advertise something that I think is bad. We'll take on ones I'm neutral about. I have no opinion. Okay, XYZ company, they make widgets. Well, I've got no problem with their widgets, whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's be honest. Uh, and I'm going to say something that's probably not good for me and the standard, but it's just the honest truth. If one of our advertisers uh, has a bad news day, I try to keep it as independent as possible. And I tell our the news team, they're separate from me. But it is impossible to, you know, for, for even the, the reporter to write, not being conscious that when we publish this story, we could lose an advertiser. And that could mean someone's job here. We got mm-hmm. some of our bigger advertisers. They're paying for someone's job. Yeah. And um, I tell them to do it honestly and straightforward and independently. But it, it can't help but at least be aware of it. And maybe that will come through. I don't think our advertisers have had really much in the way of bad news. But yeah, uh, but I know where you're coming from. We haven't really from. been faced with it yet. But I, yeah. 
I'm aware of the conflict of interest in say you're reporting on your advertiser. They're a source of your revenue. You're going to have to lay people off if you lose that advertiser. Mm -hmm. Now, none of our advertisers account for more than 1% of our our revenue. Mm -hmm. Imagine if you had a client that accounted for 60% of your revenue and they determined if anyone is allowed to even see you on Facebook and Google. Yeah. So, um, you know, most of these, once the online, so the online news act is also going to pilfer money from Facebook and Google. And I hate Facebook and Google. I I am not a defender of them, but this is essentially the, they're making this bizarre argument that, well, they're stealing our content and they need to pay us for it. If we didn't have, if the Western standard didn't have Facebook, most people wouldn't be able to see our content. Mm -hmm. They're our delivery boys. We, We used to have like my first job was delivering papers. I guess it was technically in media. I delivered newspapers. I did it on a, I had a, I took my GT racer and I modified it to make it a dog sled. I had a Husky and I, and I delivered newspapers by dog sled. Uh, <laughs> nice. Very hoser of me, I guess. But, um, you know, Facebook is the new delivery boy. That's how people get your content. I'm grateful for it. Mm-hmm. Yet the, the legacy media says Facebook should pay us, you know, mil- tens of millions of dollars because there's our stuff is on there. Well, if you don't want it to be on there, don't post it on there for God's sakes. It's yeah. simple. But anyway, this is it, it's just a it's a naked rent seeking cash grab. For sure. And it's for mandated sure. by the federal government. And, and I guess back to your point about your advertisers, yeah, I mean, so they I mean their biggest their biggest revenue stream is coming from yeah. from the government who which is what most news is written about so about 30 percent of their money is going to come directly from taxpayers from the government and then it's hard to determine what percentage but i think it could be another 20 maybe 30 percent is going to come from facebook and google but that's money that the federal government is requiring facebook and google to give to them so one way or another the legacy media in Canada, once this all settles down with the Non-Line News Act, is probably going to be funded directly and indirectly by the government at 40 to 60 percent. 40 to 60 percent. If I had an advertiser paying 40 to 60 percent of the bills around here, I don't care if they poison the water like it was Flint. I don't. I don't care if they're like running blood diamonds. I don't care what they're doing. They are. They're not. I. I might write about them, but it's gonna be a little softer. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a little softer. I am <laughs> yeah. sorry. There is no way in hell if I had an advertiser paying sixty percent of my bills, and I've got people whose mortgages and kids around here require. Uh, us keeping them happy. There's no way in hell I'm going to hold them to account. Yeah, no. And, and so that is the massive, massive, glaringly obvious, painfully obvious conflict of interest that exists here. Uh, in addition to other just moral failures that involve subsidies and corporate welfare period that people should not have to pay for what they don't want to consume. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Okay, Derek. You know, it's all—it's always a good time hanging out. I really appreciate this. Uh, tell the listeners uh, where to follow you and how to support you guys. Uh, WesternStandard.news is where our site's at. Uh, you can become a member for $10 a month or $99 a year. As you may have gotten by now, it's bailout free. 
<laughs> uh, and we're trying to provide a uniquely Western perspective here. Our headquarters is in Alberta, so we do more Alberta than anything else, but we've really put an emphasis in being the Western standard, not the Alberta standard now. We've got bureaus, as I said, Vancouver, Edmonton, Regina, Parliament Hill. Um, you know, we'd, uh, we, we, it's memberships or subscriptions, however you want to call that, that really drives what we do. So westernstandard.news slash membership, you can sign up there and then you can find us easily anywhere else, Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. And, uh, I think, I, I think they're going to like, I think they're going to like what they get. And if they don't, the beauty of us is you don't have to pay for us if you unsubscribe. That was Derek Fildebrandt, publisher, president, and CEO of the Western Standard. You can subscribe to them at westernstandard.news. And to make sure that you never miss an episode of the Darcy Giroux podcast, subscribe on Substack. <laughs>